What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the J Red Show on Anchor and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, on today's show, I'm gonna I'm gonna mostly talk about the Pagulas and um, my thoughts on them as as owners. But before that, um, we'll talk. We're gonna briefly talk about um, today's Sabers versus Islanders game. The Buffalo Sabres lost to the New York Islanders three to nothing. Anders Lee got his sixth goal of the season, four forty three into the first, assisted by um, Dobson and Bailey for those six point each. Jean Gabriel Pagua had his sixth goal as well, eleven fifty eight, assisted by Pollock with his sixth and Letty with his seventh. And then Anders Lee got a empty net goal with one second left in the game with. Will be for his seventh of the year with assists from Bailey, who got his seventh point, and Pagu got his fourth point. Victor Olsson initially had a goal which would have extended his point streak to eight games, but unfortunately it was um, wiped out due to an offsides challenge. So. Very disappointing. I mean, yes, the Sabres were missed, were out for two weeks, and they had plenty of excuses for their poor performance. But, but the Devils were also missing two games, and was also missing two weeks, and they won um, their game. So I know there's some players out with COVID. I know the Sabres haven't reeling after two weeks, but they needed to be better than that. Um, the Sabres were just lifeless in the in in um last night's game versus the Islanders where they lost three to one. Um, they only got they got no shots on goal in the third period, and in this game they only allowed they only got twenty shots on goal. A lot to be very disappointed. But the but I thought the worst play was Oposo. He didn't get defensive wall on top to the he didn't get to the defensive wall on time and gave the, his defenseman an option for a turnover. He lost the high man on a back check that was too slow and on a shot attempt and he, he just just um he lost his man the first goal unacceptable for a checker. His line had extended possession shift in which Ralph will adore. But a postal took too long to get the wrist shut off. Just some bad habits. Um just more frustrations with the Sabres Taylor Hall hasn't scored a goal since the first game of the season. Um, he's been left without a point for six out of the eight games. Another player who has been very disappointing is Jack Eichel. Yes, he ha- he leads the team with 11 points tied with Victor Olsson. But he's just not getting the puck in the net. He's only scored two goals on the year. He looks so lifeless and defeated out there. At first, I thought that um, he was fa- he was he he was having some kind of injury, but he really looks like he doesn't care out there. Um, two weeks off, and he still looks kind of bad. But that pretty much sums up the team as a whole. They're just lifeless right now. 
for the first couple games of the season, I was somewhat optimistic about the playoffs. They were 4-4-2, four, four and two, and they were one point out of a playoff spot. I thought, okay, if Jack Eichel can just wake up and start getting the... They were, they were, if Jack Eichel would just wake up and start burying his chances, if um, they could get it all together, then I think the Sabres could make a run. But here we are two weeks later... Yes, they played less games than the division rivals, but they're te- they're four six and two for ten points, and seven behind Washington, and they are not giving me much hope to believe that this is the year they finally end their ten year playoff drought. Which brings me to the Pagulas. It was ten years ago this week that Terry Pagula bought the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bandits. Later that summer, he bought the Rochester Americans. Three years later, he bought the Buffalo Bills. He did buy the Buffalo Buttes in 2017, but then sold them to um, in 2019. Most recently, he bought the Rochester Nighthawks. Well, he didn't actually buy the Nighthawks. The original Nighthawks team moved to Halifax to become the Thunderbirds, and then Terry Pagula put a um, an expansion franchise in Rochester, also called the Nighthawks. So it's been ten years um, of of this ownership group, with plenty of ups and plenty of downs for. Terry and Kim Pagula. For this um for this next segment, I'm gonna give my thank yous and fuck yous to the Pagulas. If the Pagulas would listen to this, I would say something more professional than fuck you. Because I do have some heartfelt words for this Pagula family. But they're not gonna listen to this podcast. It's just going to be the um, four or five or how many people um, usually tune into this podcast on a regular basis. So here's my thank you and fuck you to the Pagulas. Thank you for the Harbor Center. This is the biggest positive. No matter how frustrated I get with their teams, with their on-ice and on-field performances, and on turf, um... I am forever thankful for them for the Harbor Center. It has provided a great economic boost to Buffalo. Arguably the biggest economic boost this city has seen in 40 to 50 years. I also want to thank them for buying the Buffalo Bills. Well, I want to say fuck you to them for Rex Ryan, but... I want to say thank them for the Bills and Bean and McDermott. They may have gotten lucky in hiring Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, but whatever. Without them, the Bills would have moved to Toronto. These last two years of Bills football was the most fun 
I've had watching a major Buffalo team since Danny Briere and Chris Drury were with the Sabres in the mid-2000s. So for the Harbor Center and for the Bills, I am forever grateful for the Pagulas. But now I gotta give a fuck you for their ownership of the Sabres. How much longer are you going to drive this franchise into the ground? How many more mistakes are you going to make before you realize that this is not working and that you should hire a president of hockey operations? You are about to lose the best player your franchise, one of the best players your franchise has ever had. Jack Eichel looks lifeless out there. It looks like he wants out. It looks like he is going to demand a trade soon. And then what are you going to do there? How are you going to satisfy your fan base when your best player is ran out of town? And you're not going to maintain this fan base either. This isn't like the Buffalo Bills drought. No matter how long the Bills drought went, Bills fans would still buy tickets. Most of them would just get drunk and jump through tables and tailgate and not really pay attention to the game. But Bills fans will buy tickets no matter what. But the Sabres fan base is growing more and more apathetic. If you don't get this right, KeyBank Center is going to be half empty, even when this pandemic is over and life is back to normal. I expect KeyBank Center to look like what it did in 2003 during the John Regas bankruptcy era. The Sabres fans have had enough of a decade of mismanagement. How many more years do we have to wait to return to the playoffs? How many more years do I have to wait before I return to party to Plaza? Rick Jenneret was considering retiring in 2016, but he came back because he was optimistic for the future, and he thought he, the Sabres had one more chance to win a cup before he hangs it up. And now you bl you probably blew it. I mean, he's probably going to retire this year. And we're not going to hear him s call the Sabres win the Stanley Cup. How much longer is this going to last, Pagulas? Are you, are you ready to face the repercussions of not getting this franchise right? And not hiring the right general managers to run this... to to get this franchise right. Now on to the Amherst and the Bandits. Just because the Amherst and the Bandits are fringe and minor sports teams doesn't mean I'm letting the Pagulas off the hook. They have been around for 65, for 65 and 27 years respectively. They both have great and loyal fan bases. The Pagulas 
are just as responsible for building a winner with the Amherst and the Bandits. And they are just as responsible for hiring the right management for both of these teams as they are for the Bills and for the Sabres. For the Amherst, I'm going to say half thank you and half fuck you. The Amherst have made the playoffs more often than not under the Pagula era. They have made the playoffs almost every year under the Pagulas, with the exception being a three-year run under Tim Murray. They made the playoffs three years in a row with Regeer. They missed three years in a row with Murray. And then they made it, well, they made it two years in a row with Botterill. And they would have made it last year, but then um, COVID-19 shut shut down the season. So they have made the playoffs more often than not. The problem is they haven't won anything in the playoffs. In the Pagula era, 2014 versus the Chicago Wolves was the only year where they won playoff games. Every other time they've made the playoffs, they got swept out of the first round. This franchise is a far cry from what it was in the 60s, 80s, and 90s. For the Bandits, it's mostly fuck you. The Bandits did reach the finals in 2016 and 2019, but there has been more... But for the most part, the Bandits have been mediocre to bad in the Pagula era. Bandits fans I've read on message boards do not like the management that's running the Bandits. So, there has been more downs than ups with the Pagulas. There is more fuck yous than thank yous, to be frankly. Uh, They are not very good owners, in my opinion. However, this pandemic, the economic struggles we've been having the last year, um, and it does make me appreciate the ups. It makes me appreciate the fact that we even have these teams. As stated earlier, without the Pagulas, we would not have the Bills. And it's debatable whether or not we would have the Sabres or the Amherst or the Bandits. So, in that regard, I am thankful for their ownership of these teams. However, they just need to be better They need to make better decisions. They can't be Smith Spell and Chinese knockoff jerseys. They did give the Sabres a nice royal blue jersey. I'll give them that. But just 10 years of incompetence with um, with brief periods of success. And now we look to the future. For the Bills, I, I, I'm glad we have Bean and McDermott, but now they need to put the finishing touches on this roster. Terry and Kim Bagula, you need to step aside and let Brandon Bean put the finishing touches on this roster. 
let him add the missing pieces, a pass rusher, a tight end, and running back, to make this team better than the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and to stay ahead and to stay ahead of every other team in the NFL. I don't believe in sports curses. A Billy Goat is not the reason why the Chicago Cubs went a hundred years without a championship. How many of those years were the Cubs the best team in baseball? How many of those years were the Cubs contenders for the World Series? The answer is not a lot. So, Pagula needs to step back and allow Bean McDermott to put the finishing touches on this roster and and do what Bill Polian failed to do in the 90s. For the Sabres, I hate to say it, but it's time it might be time to blow it up and start another rebuild. They I think they're going to flip Taylor Hall for some draft capital. But if Jack Eichel demands a trade, they might want to trade him and get some high draft picks. And it would royally suck if the Sabres traded Jack Eichel. And I hope they can find some way to keep him around. Now, if we trade Jack, if the Sabres trade Jack Eichel, that doesn't mean it's the end of the franchise. There are plenty of teams that trade their franchise player and recover. The most recent example is the New York Islanders. They traded John Tavares, and they got better. Now, with the Sabres, if, the, if they trade Eichel, the only way this is not going to be a disaster is if they get is if they win a lottery and they draft the next Connor McDavid. Shane Wright is the player I'm looking at. So if the Sabres decide to blow it up, I'm going to be rooting for them to get Shane Wright, to win the lottery and get Shane Wright. But ultimately, it's about hiring the right management. I'll give Kevin Adams a chance, but if he proves that he is no different and not better than Tim Murray and Jason Botterill, then the Pagulas need to hire an experienced president of hockey operations. Someone who has experience, who has built a winner before. No more rookie GMs. Kim Pagula needs to step down as the president of this team. Otherwise, it's just going to get worse. Attendance will drop. More players will leave. And it's just going to get uglier. How many more years are the Pagulas going to put up with this? For the Amherst, I really, I'm, I'm, glad they, I'm glad they're good enough to make the playoffs. But now I want to see them win in the playoffs. Make a deep run. Try to get back to where they were in the 60s, 80s, and 90s. The Bandits and the... I mean, I'm not... For the Bandits, 
I am not as much of a fan of the Bandits as I am the Amherst. I'm more, I'll go to Bandits games every now and then, but I go to a lot more Amherst games. So I consider myself a casual fan of the Bandits. But they have a long tradition, and they have a long history. And the Pagulas, as I said earlier, they are just as responsible for building winners in, with the Amherst of the Bandits, and now the Nighthawks, as they are the Bills and Sabres. I mean, it's going to be interesting now they have two teams in the same league. I mean, I mean, we'll see how they can how much of the time they'll invest in either team. But since they are the owners of these teams, they need to hire the best management. But most importantly, they need to keep they need to s- s- solidify them economically and make sure they stay put to to keep these year-long traditions going. It's going to be a financial struggle as we end this pandemic and we try to get out of this recession. So it's going to be a struggle to keep these teams and to keep these leagues and to keep this going. In baseball, we saw the Batavia Muck Dogs fold. We saw um, AAA baseball completely revamp itself. So there's going to be some revamps, some teams folding, some... There'll be some teams folding, um, possibly some teams moving. So I just got to hope that Terry and Kim Bagula has a plan to keep the, this, these their teams financially sound. That we don't see the Bills, the Sabres, the Amherst, the Bandits, or the Nighthawks either move or fold. Yes, uh, uh, that's their number one goal. The number two goal, the more is to build, make them a winner. But you can't. Uh. So I'm hoping they will start making the right choices to build successful their special to build their sports programs and make them successful every year and win championships. But if they do not, and there is an owner out there that will buy the team and fulfill the promises that they failed to do, then Terry and Kim would need to sell the team to that owner. The only reason why I'm not screaming at the Bagulas to sell these te- to sell these teams is because I don't know if there's a billionaire out there that'll keep the Bills in Buffalo or the Sabres in Buffalo or the Bandits in Buffalo or the Amherst in Rochester or the Nighthawks in Rochester. But if there is, and the Pagulas don't learn their lesson... And they keep repeating the same mistakes they've been making for 10 years. Then they need to sell their teams to people who know what they're doing. They'll keep them here in Rush, New York. So what are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRed Show. As far as this season for the Sabres is, I've pretty much checked out. You talk about this fan base getting apathetic. With me, with my sports teams, I usually, with the Bills and the Sabres, I will usually stop watching when I feel like the playoffs are too far out of sight. If I feel like the Bills and the Sabres have no chance of making the playoffs, I will stop watching. I had to go to work, so I listened today, so I listened to part of the game on the radio. But when the Islanders jumped ahead 2-0, I just turned it off. Now... With the sport, 
Now, with the Bills and the Sabres, they always do something to get to... Every time I get apathetic, they always do something to get my hopes up and to keep me interested. The Bills did this for 17 years. They signed Drew Bledsoe. They had an 8-1 run in 2004 to um, get one game away from the playoffs before losing to Pittsburgh Steelers backups. They had a 5-1 start in 2008. They signed Terrell Owens. They started 3-0 in 2011 and defeated Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. They signed Rex Ryan. Finally, they hired Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, and here we are. The Sabres, the same thing. They land Jack Eichel. They land Rasmus Dolan. 15-16, they had an 81-point season, which was... They had a 10-game win streak at the beginning of 2018-2019. They had a 9-2-1 start at the end of at the beginning of 2019. And then and then they signed Taylor Hall. So every time I get apathetic towards the Sabres, they do something to get me interested. So I'm expecting the Sabres to do that again and again until they find their equivalent of being McDermott. So I am hoping that sooner or later they will. Of course, I mean, of course, I'm hoping that sooner or later they will find the equivalent of being a McDermott and to, to do what to the Sabers, what what being McDermott did to the Bills. But at some point, if the Pagulas don't get it right, if Kevin Adams fails to improve this team, they really gotta change the way they run this team or sell them. What are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow. Like I said, on to some individual sports. Um, Starting with tennis, um, Terry and Kim's daughter, Jessica Pagula, got to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open where she faced Jennifer Brady. Pagula won the first set six to four, but then lost the next two sets six to two and six to one. So that was the feel good story of this. That's what that's, that's that's what a lot of Buffalo fans were rooting for. On to NASCAR, um, the Daytona five hundred. Um, Michael McDowell won the Daytona five hundred. The race started at 3 p.m., but um, at the 15 minute, at the 15 lap mark, Kyle Busch caused a crash, and then there was a pretty bad rainstorm that delayed the game, the race until nine o'clock. So it was a pretty late race. I really wish it had started at one o'clock. Um, with NASCAR, I'm I'm normally not a fan of individual sports. However, since Seneca Casino has allowed, um, since Seneca Casino has allowed sport, uh, sports gambling, it's a lot easier for me to get into these sports. I put $40 onto Kyle Busch with a chance to, um, win 200 
And when I have when I'm watching golf or tennis or NASCAR, and I now if I have something to root for, I'll watch it. I mean if I, I mean I know NASCAR is a fans, that's great. I'm not I'm not bashing any NASCAR fans. But if there was no if I didn't have any rooting interest, I would not care about NASCAR or golf or tennis. But anyhow, it had a crazy finish where um Michael McDowell caused a fiery wreck at the end. Um, Kyle Busch and uh, Brad Kostowski got um, got out of their cars. I mean, so it's kind of ironic how this this year's race was compared to last year. Last year's race was delayed to rain. Well, it was delayed a long time. Well, it was most it was mostly the rain, but there's other factors as well. But um, and it ended with a scary crash. Last year, Ryan Newman um got involved in a scary crash, and this year, Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski got caught in a scary crash. So, almost deja vu how these races went. Um, but at the end of the day, a McDowell won. Um, that's how it's worked at the five hundred. The guy who pushes the hardest causes the wreck, but also drives right through it. Um, I also don't like the stage racing. I mean, I wish they would just keep it simple and go back to the old way and reward points for whoever finishes the highest. The more points to whoever finishes the highest. And um, not have this playoff system. But what are your thoughts on NASCAR? On NASCAR? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow. At the AT&T Pro, um, Pro-Am, Daniel Berger hit um, one with a minus 18. The Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves 112-104. to LeBron James led the Lakers with 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. LeBron James continues to achieve more milestones. Um, he is the all-time record holder for turnovers. He has four more tonight. Um, he now has 34,985 points, 15 away from another milestone. Looking to be the third NBA player with 3,500 career points behind um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and... Um, Alongside Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Carl um, Malone, he could achieve that Thursday as the Lakers take on the Brooklyn Nets. You can see that game on TNT. And I know the LeBron, the LeBron versus Jordan debate gets even more and more heated as uh, LeBron achieves these milestones. There are certain awards that um, there are certain achievements that Michael Jordan has achieved that LeBron James cannot catch. But LeBron, but one thing that helps put LeBron over Jordan is the longevity argument. At this point in Michael Jordan's career, we saw that Michael Jordan was starting to regress. Michael Jordan considered retiring twice. Michael Jordan retired three times, twice with the Chicago Bulls. He said he was tired, um, worn out. I mean, I know Jordan's father being murdered was the reason he retired the first time, so he, could pers- so he went to pursue a baseball career. But in 1998, 
we once again thought it was going to be the end of Michael Jordan. He did retire, go back to the Washington Wizards, and then retired for a final time in 2003. LeBron James, at the same age as Michael Jordan was in 1998, is showing no signs of slowing down. Granted, we have more tech, we have better technology. LeBron puts even more into his body than what Jordan did. Put, LeBron puts more money into his body than what Jordan did back in the day and what every other player did back in the day. I mean, we, we see this with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is 43 years old, and he still wins Super Bowls. But this is, but this is a huge argument for why LeBron James could possibly be the greatest of all time. What are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow, and I will see you later.